Hello, hello, and welcome to the introduction of episode one of Kindled. So I wanted to take just a little bit before we get into the actual interview of episode one, um, because I realized after listening back to the interview with today's guest that I didn't really explain as much as I wanted to. So I'm going to take just a little bit right now to kind of go over what Kindled is and all that good stuff. So I am your host Darby and the Kindled podcast is going to be a collection of testimonies that I'll be interviewing guests about that come on the show and scriptures and specific questions that we can focus on on and learn about together and ultimately just hear a word from the Lord. And really the main goal of Kindled is just to increase your faith that much more by the end of every episode or give you something uplifting and positive to think about as you drive on your way to work or when you have free time. So yeah, that's really what Kindled will be. And we're going to have several guest speakers, which I'm really excited about. A couple I think are going to be anonymous, but I'm excited about them coming on the show. As of right now, every new episode will be released on Friday. So we'll have a new episode once a week. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Kindled Podcast and like us on Facebook. We're going to be sharing scriptures that we talk about during the episode or main topics. We'll also be asking you guys the listeners what you want to hear next just joining together a community of people who want to lift each other's faith so without further ado i hope you enjoy episode one and let's get our fire kindled welcome to episode one of kindled i'm your host darby and today we have loretta with us (laughs) hi (laughs) loretta is one of my closest and dearest friends and so I thought it was only fitting that she helped me with episode one she can be my my emotional and moral support and we also have (laughs) lovely Jane with us um so you might hear her pop in a little bit but yeah I think today we're just gonna talk about where God brought Loretta from and kind of how she got to where she is now and I, it was funny, we were talking before we started and I was saying, you know, I've known Loretta for like two, almost two and a half years now. And I, I don't think I've ever heard like all of it put <laughs> together in one piece. Like it's always been little snippets here and there. So I'm excited that we get to do this. Amen. Okay. So yeah, I'm Loretta and I am best friends with Darby Moulton. So we're <laughs> laughing at each other because we're friends, yes. but we're also really excited. Um, so Growing up in church, I lived in a prophet's home for on and off for 17 years. I was at home, and then we would kind of go move out, and then we'd kind of come back. But the majority of my life was with a Pentecostal family. And I guess when you leave that type of atmosphere on that realm, you can really open doors up to pretty much anything but it didn't start when I got out of church. It actually started while I was still in church. It was like a a gradual performance of exiting the body of Christ. And I, that's not necessarily a positive way to start a podcast. But I mean, <laughs> I guess that's, we all come from that, somewhere. that really yeah. is what happened. I was in a place where I went to church, but I wasn't really actively pursuing a relationship with God, if ever. I never did. It was, I would 
read my Bible maybe sometimes and then go to church and then leave and it, nothing ever really shifted or changed. Well, when I was about 17, I kind of decided for myself that I was going to leave the church that I went to and just go find somewhere else. But in reality, I was subconsciously just trying to get out of church. I guess I had been already doing lots of drugs and alcohol at the time and it was, um, just a way out for me or an excuse to say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to leave. And so for two years I would just go to different churches. Um, I was in college at the time, so I had a lot of other distractions going on, but it was more so just day by day, uh, standards were slipping, alcohol, drugs, all that kind of stuff just increased. And that was when I was at least 18 and 19 years old. And then I woke up one day and I wasn't ever going to church. It just became such a normal part of my life to where I was just no longer in church. Yeah. And I would tell myself like, oh, well, I'm never going to do that. You know, like my faith yeah. is still there. I'm not really going to just like, I'm never going to cut my hair or I'm not going to wear pants. Like y'all are dumb. Like I'm just, I'm just not going right now, yeah. you know, but before I knew it, I was, um, in a relationship with a guy that I met in high, in college. And then it was just like, after that relationship, it was just one more after the other. And yeah. then it was a good 17. I was 17 when I left. So I guess it was a good nine years before I ever came back. And um, fast forward seven or eight years, I am um, very heavily involved in the gay community. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you go from like one spectrum of not mm-hmm. saying, oh, I'm not going to do any of this stuff until one day you wake up and you have an entire world around you that you didn't realize was trapped right yeah. before you. So. Well, and it's like when we don't have a relationship with the Lord, we're like trying to find any other type of relationship that's going to fill that void, which of course we know now, like <laughs> that's just not, you can't do that with any other type of relationship. But you know, when you don't have that relationship with God, you're like searching to have that relationship with something or someone to like try and fill that. And I guess the scariest part is to not realize, like, n- not realizing, like, where you could end up yeah, without the Lord. Sure. And, like, you're like, oh, well, I, one, it's just, it's just weed. Yeah. <laughs> it's just alcohol. It's just, it's just pride, parade. Yeah. Like, what's the point? Like, nobody's going to hurt you. And then one day you wake up and you're supporting the gay community and you're, like, actively fighting for them. And you're like, <laughs> You know, like you don't, and you're blind, like you're blind by emotion, you're blind by, because people who are hurt in that type of atmosphere, people who look at the church in that type of atmosphere is like, oh, the church hates us and, you know, like we're Democrats and we want, you know, we want to do all this stuff. But in reality, it's like most communities, say the gay community or just whatever community you're in, looks at the church in a certain light because of the way the church has portrayed itself, you know, like we don't accept you. And and in reality, we don't accept a sin, but we are open to people who are hungry and desperate for something. And, um, I think when the Lord came to me, I was in a place to where I had no, I had no desire for the Lord. I had no interest I didn't, when people, my mom would be like, you want to go to Easter Sunday? And I'd be like, no, like, people would look at me and they would be like, you know, like with the eyes, you know, and you're like, okay, well, 
I'm just not going. Like, I'm sorry that you want me to go, but I'm not going. And when I would go, it was just like, oh, I'm nervous. Like, everybody's looking at me, you know, just, and you forget your roots. You, It is so easy to fall out of your strength in God. It can be six months. It can be a year. And all of a sudden, you are no longer convicted. You're no longer caring. You are just trying to live your own life. And then you get offended when someone tries to yeah. reach out for prayer, mm-hmm. reach out for anything, you know. And when you when I turn my spirit around and I look, it's just, it feels like such a long time ago, but it's only been three and a half years. Mm-hmm. So in my spirit, I'm like going to cry because I'm just like so thankful. But God has like done so much. But where I was at the time when the Lord started calling me back was at 2016. And I had been working in clubs, uh, strip clubs, bars. I was like, and totally, like when the Bible says that your conscience has been seared, mine was absolutely seared. Like I could be around anybody. I could date anyone, male or female. And I was just like, whatever, like I'm living, doing my thing. Like this is my life. I can do what I want. And so I'll never forget it. I was sitting down at work. And I was just doing my thing, you know, and all of a sudden the atmosphere absolutely shifted. And I was working with another family member who was going to church, but there wasn't like an established like apostolic feel in Mm -hmm. the job where I was. We were, nobody was living for the Lord except for, um, the other apostolic that had worked there. And I, I worked with family as well. So it wasn't like I was just in a place where no one knew me. Yeah. I was in an environment where people knew me and they loved me and even though I wasn't living for the Lord and I was just sitting there and I just felt, I understand what it is now, the, the, the spirit of the Lord had so graciously walked into the room, but at the time I'm ignorant and I'm just feeling afraid. Mm-hmm. I feel the fear of the Lord yeah. and I'm like, okay. And I'm just like, I get to the point where I'm, sh- my hands are like shaking and I can't even type to work anymore. So I'm sitting there and I'm just like going on god are you coming for me (laughs) is this it i know i know you're there lord but uh, i'm scared now and you know and i just was trying to like gain my composure and the only thing sitting on my desk was like a pen and a paper and i just start writing down whatever i'm thinking and before i know it i look down and i'm talking or writing about daniel and the lion's den and there's this song that i wrote and i'm like i guess this is a song i don't know like and it was just talking about how like when 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 it is the end and you're in the lion's den you know and like and i kept hearing when it when you're when it's the end and then you're in the lion's den and i just kept repeating that over and over and i was like god is this the end like, <laughs> is that what you're telling me god am i like yeah. you know of course i'm gonna jump to like the worst case scenario mm-hmm. Well, five o'clock comes around and I just, I get my things and I take off out to my car. I'm like, I can't sit here anymore. I'm, I'm so nervous. I don't know what I'm feeling. I think this is the spirit of God and I am, I'm troubled. And I bawled my eyes out the whole way home. I cried and I cried and I cried. And I'm like, you know, I call the person I'm dating and I'm crying to them and they're like, what you're crying about Jesus like I had never talked to anybody any of my friends nobody in my lifestyle about Jesus they didn't know they're like what are you talking about like you know and so I'm I'm like oh yeah I forgot you don't know and I have to like hang up the phone and I'm just like yeah. once again <laughs> I forgot you weren't <laughs> wait wait I can't talk to you about Jesus you are you're high you know like yeah <laughs> you're like and that's so, not gonna connect that's not gonna work and, I, and then, of course, I've got so much pride and shame that I, like, can't call my mom or anybody else. And I'm just, like, afraid and in my car crying. And I guess 
talking to the Lord. I, you know, I guess he was the one that was piercing my heart. So I get home and I'm really upset. And my mom comes home and she's just like, what's wrong with you? And I'm just like, you know, like crying. I was like, mom, like, I think that the Lord is like dealing with me about him. Like, I know. And I'm like, my, my whole face is pierced, you know, like my hair is like all gone. And I'm just like jet black. I'm just like, you don't recognize the person that I was. And she's just looking at me. Her herself grew up in a Pentecostal home. So she's just like understanding like okay the lord is has obviously moved on my daughter and she's panicking (laughs) she doesn't understand (laughs) what she's feeling and uh a few hours pass and my sister calls and she wants to go have dinner and uh i get to the restaurant and i obviously looks like i have just been crying i looks like i have been just tore up all day long because i've the lord moved on me i could say three o'clock in the afternoon and it's seven so there's been an entire afternoon where I'm just trying to regain my composure, but like, how do you regain your composure with the Lord? Like, no, no, yeah. <laughs> the Lord's like, this no, is not going try, away. But no, yeah. <laughs> try to be cool, but I'm obviously moving on you. Yeah, and it's not fleeting. He no. wasn't like, I'm gonna let you feel my fear for like 30 minutes and then I'll let up and you can yeah, just yeah. go back go to, back to your yeah. old life. No, yeah. the Lord was like, here I am. Yep. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> And so I go to this restaurant and I just sit down and she, my sister, uh, who's maybe a year and a half older than me, looks over at me and she's like, what is wrong? And I'm like, nothing. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. And she's like, All right, did you get in a fight with somebody? And I was like, no, Lauren, just like, seriously, if you do not stop, I'm going to just bust out in tears. And she was like, well, let's just go to the bathroom. And so she walks me to the restroom and she's like, tell me what is wrong with you. And whatever composure I thought I had gained, I absolutely have lost it once again. And I'm hysterical in this Mexican restaurant's bathroom. And she's like, just tell me. And I'm just trying to talk. And I'm like, you know, Lauren, I think that God is calling. I think the Lord is talking to me. At the time, I wasn't saying calling me. I wasn't like, I wasn't that profound yet. In my <laughs> but I was like, I think God is talking and like telling me that I need that I have a place somewhere that I need to be in the church. Like he's calling me to something. He's telling me something and I don't know what that is. And she's like, okay. And I was like, and the only thing I wrote down was about Daniel. I was like, and so for 30 minutes, I'm just writing about Daniel and his experience amongst lions and his experience amongst like how he he was literally facing death. And he just called on the Lord. And Lauren starts to just laugh hysterically. She's just like, she's just, at first she's crying because I'm crying. And then I'm like, huh? Think that the Lord is calling me and I'm writing about Daniel. And I don't know, like why? And she's just like, oh my goodness, I'll never forget the look on her face. Because then I'm kind of like offended that she's laughing at me. I'm like, I'm in turmoil and you don't care, you know? And she's like, Loretta. For weeks, the church has been on a Daniel's fast. She's like, because the prodigals are coming home. (laughs) And so for me, it was just like, oh, okay, yeah, you can laugh, you know. And so like, I have like, that's okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're being genuine. It's fine. It's fine. And so at that moment, I didn't know what was coming for me. I didn't know like what God was going to do in my life. But I just knew that that was the first 20 to 48 hours to where I was having to immediately address situations in my life. I was having to address the fact that I knew the Lord was speaking to me and I had no idea why, because 
why does he want to talk yeah, to me? Yeah, you're like, you've why? been quiet. Yeah, or yeah. I haven't been yeah, hearing I've, you for the past. absolute backslid for yeah. Yeah. <laughs> almost 10 years. For almost 10 years, and I don't know where you just... You just love me, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and He's like, that's enough, child. Yeah, Come yeah, on. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so <clears throat> I I remember just being like, okay, I guess I'm going to go to church. Like, I guess I'm just going to walk into a church service. And I don't remember exactly the days. I felt like it was a midweek, but I could I could be wrong. But I know that it was like towards the end of September because um, I just remember very distinctly not being in church for very long. And Prophet Shelton, within the first month of my going, Prophet Shelton was there. And I remember looking for another church because the church that I was going to go and attend was a church that I left then. And so you deal with a lot of fear and shame and you're scared of what people are going to say. You're afraid of rejection. You're afraid of condemnation. And one, you're afraid that people are going to look at you and know your sin and not be redemptive in their heart Mm -hmm. towards you or they're not going to just show you love. But I mean, the church that I walked into is still not the same church today. And I know it's going to change all the time, but not one person ever made me feel bad or, you know, rejected. But I know that they were, when I talked to Lauren about it now, which is my sister, she was like, I was afraid for every service you walked in and that you weren't going to come back. <laughs> she was like, I would just like slowly like watch you like, Oh yeah, this is one service. Amen. You know, God, we can like, yeah. we can do it again, you know? But I don't think she realized in my heart that like what I had, honestly felt that day at work it was not like ooh, i feel the lord it was like crunch like poof like god is in the room and this is real and i don't have a choice in the matter my heart is pricked i am hungry for him i don't know him anymore and i want to know him again so yeah. the lord was doing all the hard work you know for but sure <laughs> he always does he's like y'all ain't gotta do nothing i'm doing it all for he's me. like listen i walked in there i got it y'all just step back let yeah. her get room to the altar you know mm-hmm. like let her find her way back and i remember brother shelton was just you know a breath of fresh air for me because i'm over here thinking like okay there's this visiting prophet who is going to talk to us and I don't want to be here. I want to go somewhere else where the standards are lower. The people are complete strangers. That way I can walk in and be whoever I want. But what I guess that's exactly what I did when I got out of church. I walked into the world becoming whoever I wanted, no Mm -hmm. judgment, no condemnation. And I was, I guess looking for another door that was similar to Mm -hmm. that. And I will never forget. Um, he said, I don't know who I'm talking to and I don't really care because you know (laughs) he said but if I don't care if you've been here three years six months 30 days or if you've literally been here for 30 minutes because if you're under the sound of my voice he said God has ordained for you to be here and this is where you belong and so I was like oh crap (laughs) I was like oh that includes me and so all this struggle that I had with you know I don't want to be here this isn't where I'm supposed to be I'm actively looking for somewhere else I'm just trying to ease my conscience by going to church the Lord was like absolutely not the sanctuary is your home you know so I was like all right God and that was roughly end of September beginning of October and it has been just like an ongoing walk with the Lord I mean 
this is 2020 of March and it feels like just yesterday I walked in there like scared out of my mind Mm -hmm. thinking God like what are you doing like what do you want and I remember about four or five months into going to church um, another uh, I mean Bishop actually he was talking and he said if he goes if there's something you want from the Lord just step out and ask and in my heart I was like okay God I've been here for a few months now and I don't have any idea what you why I'm here like I don't really understand still you know like I feel like I've prayed through to the Holy Ghost I feel like I've like kind of like entered and enlisted back into the kingdom but why is this happening to me here now like what's my calling I guess that was my favorite word at the time I wanted to know Mm -hmm. what my calling was what my purpose was and like why he had even cared enough to bring me back and so I kind of like get out of my comfort zone and I'm just talking to the Lord like okay God the man of God is saying that I can ask you whatever I want and so I'm not going to ask you for finances I'm not going to ask you for anything other than I want you to answer me like what do you what do you want and I didn't hear anything I didn't hear a uh, thunder from heaven no one came and gave me a prophetic word and so I kind of just blew it off like okay that's probably wasn't for me that he wasn't talking to me <laughs> that was for everyone that else in for, the church except for me how many times do we think that we're like no like that's for someone else's yeah, blessing yeah, no yep. well the very next service i think it was just like a sunday night he was like i don't know who i'm talking to he said but if there is someone in here you you want to ask the lord something there's something you want to know this time step out of your pew and ask and so I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I'm really That's staying. a little too far for yeah. me. I'm going to stay in my pew and be comfortable. That was three steps too far away from my comfort zone. And so I get out of the pew and I'm just like looking up to the ceiling, you know, I'm like, God, what do you want? Like, what do you want with me? Like, what do you, what is this all about? You know, I've left an entire lifestyle that, you know, the enemy's fighting me on every day. I feel like I'm struggling to even remain here even though I know you've brought me here I need encouragement I need to I need an answer I want I need a word I guess that's what my my spirit was asking for but I didn't realize that's what was happening and I didn't hear anything I was like God what do you want and I didn't hear any audible voice nobody spoke over the microphone to me and so I was just like okay Loretta and then I started questioning God and myself like all right this is just your you're just scared, I guess, right? I don't know. And a few minutes had passed, maybe 10 minutes, and a girl was getting prayed for at the altar. And so a few of the other girls were walked up behind her, was praying for her. Well, when she was done being prayed for, everybody kind of like mingled and kind of dispersed around. I was just still standing at the altar. And a man of God walked up to me and he was like, I know you don't know me. He said, but I have a word for you (laughs) and so I'm looking at him like okay you know and he said you've been asking the Lord what do you want (laughs) he said you've been asking the Lord what's my calling what's my purpose he goes the Lord is telling me that you had that question many years ago and didn't get an answer and you walked away and he said but now you've asked again and he goes, the Lord told me to tell you, boom, 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 yeah. boom. And he goes <laughs> off, like, he's like, you're going to walk in this, and this is going to be your whatever. You know, like, he, he wasn't telling me I was, like, a prophet, but he was just like, you're going to have these ministries flow through you. And he's like, and I, the Lord told me to tell you that I can't tell you what all those ministries mean. 
he said, you're going to have to figure them out for yourself. And so the Lord, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So the Lord was giving me a word, but he was just like, if I tell you it all right now, you're going to be like, Oh no, don't want that. You know, that's too much work. But it, instead of that being my reaction, I immediately just clung to that word. Like, okay, I have purpose Mm -hmm. here. You know, like I have, you know, and when you're literally coming from like, I was still coming to church high at the time, you know what I mean? So my precious family, you know, they're just like, Hey, I'm like, what up? You're here. (laughs) Yeah. And so like, they kind of know my struggles, you know, like my life wasn't a secret, but I was still just like, you know, some people think that when you get into church, even an apostolic church, that all of a sudden your desire for the world just disappears, which it does to a certain extent. Like the, fear of the Lord is a precious gift because you won't necessarily walk back into a club. You won't walk back into your drug dealer's house comfortably. You you're like, I don't know if I should uh do this, but I think I'm going to do it. Uh," You know? So the Lord's just like peeling away those like layers of like iniquity and sin and all this kind of stuff. And so there was a good four or five months before I was officially like, I am no longer participating in this. I'm no longer doing that. But it like some people have testimonies where it was like, man, God delivered me on the spot and I never went back and praise God, you know, like bless the name of the Lord. Like that is like, but I think the Lord was (laughs) testing my choices. He was like, I can take this all away from you. But the second you're tempted with it again, you're just going to crash. So I'm going to let you choose not to do it. I'm not just going to deliver you immediately. And so. He did, and he delivers me from things all the time. You know, like, we think that just because, like, alcohol and drugs are known sins, that there's not other sins, like anger, fear, you know, like, rejection, jealousy, all this kind of stuff that you don't understand can really pull you out of church. It doesn't have to be necessarily, like, hard drugs that, you know, make you, you know, separate. You know, you have to sometimes find what it is that God is dealing with you about and so I don't care if you've been in church your whole life there's something you're struggling with yeah. like I don't know everybody's struggles but I do know that being in church for at least going on four years the Lord is still showing me like hey look you're dealing with this and this mm-hmm. has got to get out of your spirit and I'm like you know because when you first get in church you're like man I'm saved yeah and I'm, free. <laughs> I'm going to heaven Praise and I'm Lord. never going to struggle and like that's yeah. just not true you know like if you are in this world you're going to struggle but God has made it significantly easier because he gives you the word he gives you men and women of god who will nurture you and speak into your life and whether or not you have a small church or you're a church of 500 like god will use a complete stranger to come and minister to you and just talk to you and make you feel and understand that he's there and he has never left and you know after that word that i received it just my walk with the lord with like um, spiritual warfare like really ignited it wasn't like okay you know like I'm just gonna like the Lord just kind of was like here we go boop and I just yep. jumped in the deep end which I'm thankful for because I I, I don't think I would have stayed in church I mean by God's grace alone if it would have been just like traditional the boilerplate what you had before yeah. right like oh you just come here mm-hmm. and nothing changes you're just here to be you know a church goer you're here to do only what you've been told and I think that the reason I was able to 
gain ground is because when I walked, the church that I walked into was not the church that I had left. And so I was able to learn about your relationship with God. Mm -hmm. You know, and when you read the word of God, you, you find him and what he did when he was on the earth. And then other people that struggled just like you do. I'm talking like ancient scrolls people who are struggling yep. you're like you too there's Joe? no new sin under the sun dude like everything that happened in the bible we're everything happened in today we're still seeing it so it's like you know you search the word yeah and i guess what was so powerful to me is i didn't know i could know god yeah i didn't know i could i didn't understand that i could hear from the lord yeah because the lord i mean the whole time was talking to me mm-hmm. like hey loretta Daniel, hey Loretta, yeah. come to church, hey, you know, and I mean, not that he sounds like that, but he he'll speak to you in ways that you can react and respond yeah. to, and I think the most powerful thing about knowing the Lord is that He'll warn you, He'll guide you, and yeah. He'll start speaking to you in like ways that people have spoken into my life. I have seen the Lord actively be like, go tell this to them, go mm-hmm. pray for them, go minister to them. And it's because once the Lord starts to heal you, he can start using you to like yeah. heal other people. Thank you, Jesus. And yeah. <laughs> and so it becomes like less about like, why am I here? And the yeah. Lord's like, you're here because Darby Moulton is going to come yeah. in about two years <laughs> yeah, and right. she's going to need some bold. Yep. yep. <laughs> she's going to need some encouragement. And you know, you, I'm, I am very, very thankful for like what God has done and like who he continues. But I remember thinking one night during prayer, like, Lord, who are the other Darbys out there? Yeah. Who are the other Loretta's and the other Faiths and the other Richards? You know, like all these people that are so close to us, you know, and like they just keep walking in, you know, like day by yeah. day. And I don't know, I feel like God is just showing me that there's so much power in his word. That was something that I thought of earlier this morning when I knew I was going to do the podcast was like, Lord, you know, I heard the Lord tell me my word cannot return void. And I remember thinking like, you know, God, your word really cannot return void, you yeah. know, because all of that was going on before I even, before the Lord even approached me, there was words about prodigals coming home. Mm. There was words about uh, Daniel and then everyone's going to do a Daniel's fast. Like all of that was already being stirred in the spirit. And when that word was spoken by Bishop, hey, prodigals are coming home. Even though it didn't happen that hour, that word started to like move through the city until it found Amen. me, you know, and when it walked into yeah. the room, I was floored. I was just like, oh, kind of. So if you're praying for people or if you're like actively praying for a mom or a dad or a brother or sister, friend, husband, wife, whatever it is that, or whoever it is that you're actively praying for, the word of God cannot return void because there are people that pray for me for almost 10 years that I would just be back in the kingdom. I don't think they were praying that I would walk in any major spiritual authority they were just saying you know please save her yeah you know just do something god do whatever you have to do to save her and he did so in my world it's it doesn't really matter what community you're in what lifestyle you're in how many drugs you do what job you have like god can literally put a stop to all of that overnight and just say welcome home you know like it's time to i think about that all the time i was just talking with um kind of like I guess like a visitor friend who came to our service last night um and I was telling her you know like I did not know until um I got where I am now and like I started coming to church at the sanctuary that I had a Pentecostal background in my family like my (laughs) like that was so mind-blowing to me like my 
my family is not apostolic. You know, like my my immediate family um, is not apostolic, but I have, you know, I learned when I got in church that I had Pentecostal, um, like faithful Pentecostal people in my bloodline. And like, they literally like had their own churches. They Mm -hmm. were preachers and prophets and all kinds of stuff. And I think about that all the time, you know, like how many prayers were prayed by my ancestors to like bring me where I am now that I had like no (laughs) idea, you know, like I didn't even know that that was a part of my family history. Like I didn't, I didn't know about that at all. And then, you know, I found out and I was just like, thank you, Jesus, for the prayers of like my, my ancestors and like. You know, they they prayed, you know, whatever that is, like hundreds of years <laughs> ago. And like, here I am today in 2020 and, you, you know, know, trying my best to live for the Lord, do it right. Yes. So that was also, a, when you're talking about ancestors, like, so on my father's side, they were all into yep. witchcraft. Every single, okay, I say every single one of them. Every single one of them before my grandmother mm-hmm. got saved, it was like a whole line of just like, very open witchcraft they called themselves gypsies nomads yeah. they traveled they came from uh, romania even though oh, yeah. i don't oh, look yeah. romanian Ro- yeah <laughs> for sure romania you're like all the gypsies <laughs> romanians i'm, I'm sorry and so that was my dad's side <clears throat> his bloodline and then on my mother's side it's like fifth generation yeah. pentecostal you mm-hmm. know so coming to that i look back and i'm like lord the Bible says that the sins of your sins go to the third and the fourth mm-hmm. generation. So in my mind, that scripture has never been more apparent to me mm-hmm. because even though I grew up in an apostolic home, I was still tempted by the spirit of witchcraft. Yeah. And it wasn't just like, like all of a sudden, like a spirit approached me was like, come to my side. You know, yeah. it was like, <laughs> let's start with astrology. Uh-huh. Let's start there. Let's start with you trusting in something other than the word of God. Yeah. And then that is when it got really deep. It wasn't just like, Hey, I'm going to read about my sign. It was like, I could, I got so deep into it that I could look at a complete stranger and tell them what their sign was, what their characteristics were just by looking at them. And that became, because if we don't believe in the spirit world, we are sorely mistaken. Like the spirit world Mm -hmm. is very real. And so, and it's not that I was born with, you know, some witchcraft some, gift. Yeah. We are all born with spiritual gifts. Like, we have those spiritual gifts. And don't, I don't care where you're from, what language, what country, what whatever. You are more spirit being than you are physical. And so the spirit realm, say you are in church and you are living for the Lord to the best of your ability, the spirit world is still going to come knocking. You can read your word every day. You can fast every day. The spirit world is always trying to pull you away the enemy is to steal kill and destroy so for me the enemy knew my grandmother the enemy knew my great aunts and people that died in witchcraft and they were like this is the next generation yeah. we're headed for it's time to pass down right we're trying to mm-hmm. see what's going on and my dad before he passed away would always just tell me stories like you know loretta before your grandmother got the Holy Ghost, she yeah. was into the, you know, and he was always real spooked. You know, like, <laughs> he he yeah. wanted nothing to do with it, but he would kind of warn us, you know, like, hey, listen, this, and even my mom, she would, she didn't really tell us till we were like younger, maybe like 12 and 13, like, 
hey, you know, like, I don't really want you watching this TV show. I don't mm. want you watching this because that's just too, I've heard too many stories. And me and my, yeah. my sisters were like, what are you talking about? It's, it's NBC. It's TNT, mom. Like, you're tripping. But it, she absolutely was not. There was a very real consequence to that. Yeah. And so when you're in the world and the enemy approaches with you like a small thing, like astrology, mm-hmm. you, it, it's everywhere. It's all over every Target mug and T-shirt. And, like, you can't go anywhere without seeing it. And so it becomes, like, easy to accept. But in reality, like, you've just accepted a pagan yeah, um, influence in your life. And it's not okay with the Lord. And I think when you open even the smallest doors to witchcraft or to drug addiction or perversion... Mm-hmm. 10 years will pass oh, and yeah. you've been walking around in the darkness you know you truly have been yeah. so when you're when you're saying ancestors i'm like yeah that matters well, and gotta enemy, be careful yeah the enemy knows if he can get you to open a small door he can sure. get you open a big one later sure. He's but like, I also got what yeah. you said about prayer you yeah. know you were like you know who was it 100 years ago you know brother wright told me once he was like you do not have the gift of suspicion. You're not paranoid. The Lord mm-hmm. does speak to you when it comes to these this realm of spiritual things. And he goes, and the reason that you are here and the reason that you and your bloodline is still living for the Lord, he goes, is because someone in your bloodline prayed. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, yeah. even if you've gone down like the darkest road before, just pray. Pray over your generations. Yeah. Like, God, let it end here. Like, I plead the blood of Jesus yes. over this bloodline. Mm-hmm. My babies will not know. That's right. What, you know? Yes. <laughs> We're calling on the name of Jesus. Because even if your ancestors or your descendants do get tempted and they do fall down or they say they stray away, like those prayers are not going to come back void. Those words yeah. are not going to come back void. So it's like... I don't care. I've seen it in my dad. I've seen my grandmother and I'm still Mm. seeing it. I'm like, when people walk into the church, I'm like, welcome back. I've been waiting on you. (laughs) We've been praying for you. Yeah. We've been praying for you since like 1902, Mm. girl. Let's go. (laughs) But God is good. And he is, I'm sure will have me talk about more testimonies and and more, more miracles and stuff like that. But I mean, I'm thankful where he's led me and where he's going to keep taking both of us. In yeah. Jesus' name. 100%. Jesus' name. Yeah. Well, thank you yeah, for being absolutely. so willing to come on and share your story. I feel so special that I get to be the one. I, somebody was going to come along and do it, so I was like, I better hop on this train before <laughs> somebody else does it. But, I'm, yeah, I really am so blessed to be able to have, you know, you as my one of my closest friends and such Mm -hmm. a strength and a support in my life and I'm thankful for your testimony because it gives hope for people that I know that you know are mixed up and stuff that Mm -hmm. it's never too too late for anybody they've never gone too far so I think um I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and be like oh I should have said yeah (laughs) I'm like that'll be testimony part two (laughs) yeah this is this is for sure not the end of Darby and Loretta I want to eventually start like a segment where I just like it's just a regular with me and the close people in my life because she's got a wealth of knowledge people so we want to thank you guys for tuning in thanks for having us you're welcome stick around for episode two um share with your friends i hope you enjoyed today and god bless you jesus name amen